Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. Just about a week after the Pittsburgh Penguins saw its long-standing home sellout streak end, the Chicago Blackhawks suffered their sixth straight loss to open the season with just over 19,000 fans at the United Center seeing its sellout streak end at 535 games. That's a great run by the Blackhawks, just like it was a great run by the Penguins. But we are seeing some softness in the ticketing marketplace. Interestingly enough, Blackhawks CEO Danny Wirtz issued a statement saying the streak's end demonstrated greater accessibility to tickets and an opportunity to reassure fans, both new and old, that there is a seat for them at the United Center. So a story worth watching as the Blackhawks' long-standing sellout streak ends at 535 games. And this is your Morning Buzzcast for Monday, October 25th. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody is doing well on this Monday morning. Been a little while since I've been with you on the Buzzcast. Good to be back. I should be with you all week. And the World Series is set to begin this week. Astros Braves starts Tuesday night at Minute Maid Park. An interesting matchup and in that you have the Braves who won only 88 games in a season which they did not climb over the 500 mark until August 6th. And you also have the Astros, who are clearly hoping to put the sign-stealing controversy from a few years ago behind the team and the organization. In addition, Politico noted how baseball season comes a bit full circle. Remember that Major League Baseball moved its All-Star game out of Atlanta in protest of Georgia's restrictive new voting laws earlier this year. They moved the game in April from Atlanta to Colorado. But it now looks like Georgia will certainly benefit from hosting the World Series instead. So Georgia and Texas, states with controversial voting rights laws, will be hosting Major League Baseball's World Series. And while I don't anticipate this to be a storyline during the series, it's an interesting nugget when you recall Major League Baseball's move against Georgia in April. Congratulations to the Lywicki brothers, Tim Lywicki and Todd Lywicki, as the Seattle Kraken played their home opener Saturday night at Climate Pledge Arena in front of a sellout of just over 17,000. The arena is an incredibly ambitious renovation over the demolished Key Arena and was rebuilt under the same roof. Kraken CEO Todd Lywicki, before the game started, retired jersey number 32. That was meant to symbolize the 32,000 fans who paid season ticket deposits in March of 2018, and that strong showing helped the league seal the deal and name the Kraken its 32nd franchise. On Saturday night, you had everything. You had Seattle native Ann Wilson from the rock band Heart sing the national anthem. You had Commissioner Gary Bettman being booed as he gave pregame remarks. You had the Kraken honoring Seattle Storm legend Sue Bird before the 
game. Players from the Kraken only 12 hours earlier skated on the arena ice for the first time. The arena opened its doors this week with a pair of concerts. First game, of course, Saturday night. Now, what's important about Climate Pledge Arena? Well, it will be the first net zero carbon arena in the world. And Tim Laiwiki believes this effort and the work they've done in this building will be an inspiration around global warming and sustainability in the venue space for the future. And let's just say there was no cost spared here. This arena cost a lot of money. It was privately financed by Oakview Group and Kraken majority owner David Bonderman. Each contributed a great deal of money to create this venue. Tim Laiwiki called the arena the largest investment in the history of Seattle sports and one of the most significant investments on a national scale. This was done without any taxpayer support, fully privately financed Climate Pledge Arena open on Saturday in Seattle. And I think it's going to be one of the destination venues in sports. Let's shift to the NFL. These are not great days for the Detroit Lions. They lost again Sunday to the Rams. They have not won a game this season. There is not a lot of energy or enthusiasm in Detroit. There was an interesting interview over the weekend with new team owner Sheila Ford Hemp in the Detroit Free Press. She talked about being booed recently during an event at Ford Field. She said while no one likes to be booed, she gets it. She understands the frustration that fans are facing. Remember that Sheila Ford Hamp replaced her mother, Martha Firestone Ford, as chair and principal owner last summer. So she's in this chair. It's a new position for her, but she said that reception by the fans will not impact her from making more public appearances in the future. She also noted that while attendance is down at Ford Field, she believes it's coming off of COVID and that people are reluctant to be together in an indoor stadium. She says if they start winning, fans will come out. She believes that they still have great fan support in the marketplace. They would like to have a full stadium, but she's optimistic that the team is heading in the right direction. Again, not easy days for Sheila Ford Hamp, but offers an interesting interview in the Detroit Free Press. Let's shift to Formula One because we've talked on the Buzzcast about all the interest in Formula One. It made its one stop in the United States over the weekend in Austin with the U.S. Grand Prix at the Circuit of the Americas. I went years ago, a great, great event. The race reached sold-out status in record time this year. More than 360,000 fans were expected at Circuit of the Americas from Thursday through Sunday. By all means, it seemed to go pretty well. Coda did have a driver shortage on Saturday that led to some delays and fans getting to the venue. But overall, they seem to be pleased with the event. Now, Coda CEO Bobby Epstein says he is optimistic about the race's future in Austin, even though it is in the last year of its contract with Formula One. So he hopes to have a deal wrapped up with Formula One over the next few months. But that is not a certainty. Formula One is very hot right now. It's got some leverage. Remember, Formula One has been at Coda since 2012. That was the only U.S. stop for Formula One. That will change next season when Miami has the Miami Grand Prix probably in May. In addition, there has been talk and buzz about Formula One wanting to be in Las Vegas and having talks with officials in Nevada about hosting a race in Las Vegas. So the future of Formula One seems strong in the United States. The real question, though, is where will Formula one race in the future, but by all means, a very successful weekend with the U.S. Grand Prix 
at Coda in Austin. We love the novel use of new buildings and we saw it this weekend in Worcester as a crowd of nearly 10,000 watched the first football game ever played at Polar Park. That is the AAA facility in Worcester. It was a Holy Cross win over Colgate. This is the EBW Classic and that's named in memory of prominent Holy Cross alumnus Edward Bennett Williams. And if you don't know, Edward Bennett Williams was a huge influence and a huge mentor on Larry Lucchino. And Larry Lucchino, of course, developed Polar Park. He owns the AAA affiliate of the Boston Red Sox in Worcester. And this is his way of paying tribute to his mentor, Edward Bennett Williams, by holding the EBW Classic at Polar Park. Again, 10,000 fans to watch Holy Cross defeat Colgate in downtown Worcester. And finally, we'll end with this. We've talked about it before, but the pickleball PR machine continues to roll on. What's the latest publication to tout the sport? Well, try Vanity Fair. I read it over the weekend. Vanity Fair profiles the interest around pickleball. It calls it accessible, affordable, and allows almost an unparalleled competitive balance across generations and genders. It says that between 2019 and 2020, pickleball participation grew by more than 20%. It says that pickleball is now being played on both the East Coast and the West Coast, and it shows that celebrities, Hollywood stars, and cultural elites are all playing the game, but it also is surprisingly democratic, it says, as pickleball gains popularity across the socioeconomic spectrum. So a pretty interesting take on pickleball, which we'll have today in Sports Business Journal's Daily Edition. So that is your morning buzzcast for a pretty busy Monday, October 25th. I'm Abe Madcor. Hope everybody has a great day. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.